The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. I found that the Lord's Prayer alone, you pray in about 21 seconds if you pray at a normal pace. I've got a, a friend who's from New Jersey, and she said, I can pray at 19 seconds. I said, well, it's not a race. <laughs> but it's about 21 seconds. And in that 21 seconds, basically, the believer prays the comprehensive need of prayer. Dr. Mark Rutland shares how the Lord's Prayer pulled him out of his darkest hour. Next. join us today. I'm Betty and this is James. Yeah, and I'm smiling because Mark Rutland's with us. And, and you know, we've had a 30-year journey together. Absolutely. The first time you preached for me, you'd just torn your ACL. Is that yes, right? Yes, that's right. Okay, so you came up and preached. It's one of the greatest sermons I've ever heard. And I didn't know you. I mean, you waddle up there like you can barely get there. I was on crutches. Yeah, <laughs> but tell them what you did when you left and went out and got in the car. They got me down off of the platform, took me out to a car, and I passed out. <laughs> I don't remember one other thing from there to the hospital. He had literally been playing some pickup basketball and tore his ACL, yep. which is just unbearable, and he came on and, and Pre preached, and then the, the guy preached on our Bible conference several times. Uh, he's preached at our church gateway a lot. But the thing is, think about this. Now, we've had some of the most famous preachers in the world, and I mean, the, the ones everybody know their names. And this guy comes in and preaches at our Bible conference, and it's the greatest sermon all of our friends said they ever heard. It was called Power Not Power. And I say to all of you who are watching on television, you right up here, it'll be, it'll be older television. It won't be high def. It won't just pop. But I'm going to tell you, my friends have taken that power not power message, called all their neighbors in, sat down in their living rooms, and God show up. And this has been going on for years. Power, not power. Now, my, my staff's going to be very upset. We had to go in and get these old tapes and start <laughs> reproducing. You won't be sorry. Mark, I love you. Love you, And too, I know man. when you went to ORU, it was a real surprise that you were just called as a, a pastor, an itinerant speaker, and suddenly you not only were called to Oral Roberts University as president, but they took you to California to meet Oral. Yes. And to really, I think, the shock of everyone, Oral said, and they never told you this, you're the one. I felt like God wanted to follow. What, what effect did that have just to hear that? Oh, it was huge. It was wonderfully liberating. I had been 10 years the president at Southeastern University in Florida and then moved to ORU. I wasn't sure what that transition would be like. There had been a lot of troubles there. It was a troubled campus, as you know. And uh, when uh, the chairman of the board and I flew to California met with Oral, Oral, that's the moment when the board had not told me in the hiring process. And Oral said, you are my personal choice for this presidency. Wow. It was wonderfully, wonderfully liberating. Well, you walked them through a very important time. And now then, and really thanks to the Green family, what a blessing they've been. And yes. then the, the president there now, good friend Wilson, is sure. just great. And our son graduated there, yes. Randy, and you'll probably be talking to him if you haven't already. I know he'll want to talk to you. <laughs> All right, I want you to talk about this book. Right. And, and let me just say, 21 seconds to change your world, your world. And I have an idea that when that world changes, it'll impact the world. Because that really is why we've been left here. But how in the world can 21 seconds 
change someone's world. And what you actually tell us is you're referring to a passage of scripture that most people, if there's one that is, you know, let's say recited publicly or in groups and everyone would know almost as well as let's say how popular John 3.16 is, it's the Lord's Prayer. Yes. And then you took the most popular ministry psalm for comfort in the entire Bible, perhaps the 23rd Psalm. Of course. Tell us what you're implying right here. I want to know. Well, it takes about 21 seconds to pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I've prayed it over the last uh, 12 years or so. I've prayed the Lord's Prayer multiple times a day, 5, 10, 20, 30, 50. I've prayed it thousands of times in the last 10 or 12 years and combined it with the 23rd Psalm. I found that the Lord's Prayer alone, you pray it in about 21 seconds if you pray at a normal pace. I've got a, a friend who's from New Jersey and she said, I can pray it in 19 seconds. I said, well, it's not a race. <laughs> I got another friend from South Alabama. He said, it takes me 30 seconds. <laughs> but it's about 21 seconds. And in that 21 seconds, basically, the believer prays the comprehensive need of prayer. Everything is touched on. Pre uh, worship, providence, protection, everything, inner healing, it's all in 21 seconds. The brilliant economy of language that Jesus uses in that prayer is, is absolutely amazing. If it was edited by the top editors in the world for 100 years, they couldn't improve on that prayer. Okay, you break it down phrase by phrase, the significance of that, Mark, because it's not just the 21 seconds that you pass, but you actually point out, I think, the impact, the potential impact, perhaps the intended impact, if we really are open to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit to illuminate our minds and give us understanding. You point out the power in those phrases extensively and inspirationally. Can you kind of, can you dwell with that and, and, and well, I began emphasize this, that a little bit? I began this lengthy journey with the Lord's Prayer in a difficult time in my own life. And, uh, and it became, it became a, a, a handle, uh, something I could grip. I think there are people who come to the place where they literally feel like they can't pray. Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, Claudius in Hamlet, he said, my words fly up to heaven, but, but my thoughts stay here below. And then we just feel we can't pray. Why not pray the one prayer that Jesus taught us in 21 seconds? Worship the fatherhood of God, the providence of God, the forgiveness of God, the kingdom of God, the will of God. Every, everything that we could ever think of to pray about in 21 seconds. You can pray the Lord's Prayer before the shot clock runs out at a basketball game. <laughs> and I've prayed it many, many times. Give us this day our daily three-point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell us what, there's, there's something that jumps out at me because I guess I have felt that so many in the church community, so many believers, don't seem to understand the importance of his will being done, but preceded by his kingdom coming, which Jesus made pretty clear is within us. Yes. It's not like something you're waiting. There is a kingdom to come, but the kingdom now that is here, I seem to hear there that when he's praying that and his will be done on earth as in heaven, that there's something significant related to kingdom and his will now, am I, am, I, am, I, am I getting that right? No, you're right on the target. Um, for those of us who learned uh, the Lord's Prayer in more liturgical settings, as I did in the Methodist Church, we learned it in the King James Version. The preposition that's used there is in. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
Most modern translations, some, for some reason, change the preposition to on. It's not something I want to, I'm not running for Congress on it. So uh, it's a mistake to build a theological structure on a preposition. But both ways are meaningful. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth has a sort of a planetary feel. Mm -hmm. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Thy kingdom be established on the earth in governments, in nations. God knows we need to pray that. Now, mm -hmm. thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If it would just be done in Washington, I'd be grateful. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. But what if you pray it the other way? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. It dawned on me, what does that mean? That can't be planetary because it's the Lord's prayer is not the journey to the center of the earth. In earth, what does that mean? What are we made of? Mm -hmm. Dust thou art and to dust thou returnest. We're made of earth. Isn't that what the Bible says? Know ye not we have this, this kingdom in, or this glory in earthen vessels. The kingdom of God is within you. So in that sense, I think we're praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this earth, in my world, in me. That's the transforming nature of the prayer. That thy kingdom come, there is no way to separate the kingship. Kingdom simply means kingship. Mm -hmm. There's no way to separate the kingship of God and the will of God. I cannot be under his kingship and not do his will. I can't find his will and not be under his kingship. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth, which is me. That's the, that's the ultimate transforming prayer of surrender. The personal application. Yes. Really, you have to deal with that in, within your own self. I that's, mean, you can't just widespread, just like you said, not the whole earth. But it's, it's talking about what, what happens inside of us. That's right. And it's, it's both, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, the, the prayer is plural. Our Father which art in heaven, give us this day. Forgive us our sins. Those are, lead us not into temptation. The prayer is plural. But, and you want to pray it that way, certainly. It is a body of Christ prayer. It's the most unifying prayer across denominational, cultural, geographical, lines, Protestant, Catholic. Catholics call it the Our Father which makes sense, actually, since it starts with our Father. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think that it's the most unanimously, pray, unanimously prayed prayer of all of Christianity. But when you make it personal, as you're saying, Betty, that's when it really finds its healing and delivering power. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth, which is me. Forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those. But that requires a translation in the prayer. And that might be the hardest one to do because you're asking then, God, search me and yes. know me. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you're me. <laughs> and you're asking him for the grace to forgive others. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's... And, yeah. and that was so huge because we really, Christine Kane is teaching right now on being trapped by the past. Mm. You know, you've got to get past the past, get freed from it. And if we don't forgive, he even comes back following that prayer. It's the only part he came right back to that if you don't forgive others, then you've actually put up a block to your own relationship with God and the freedom that forgiveness offers you. It's the only part of the prayer upon which Jesus added narrative uh, editorializing after the prayers. He teaches the prayer, and then he says, for if you will not forgive. Mm -hmm. You know, most people don't know this, though. Even people who read the Bible a lot, there's one other place where Jesus says the same thing, where he says, for if you will not forgive, your Father in heaven cannot forgive you. Do you know where it is? It's following the place where he says, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. For if you will forgive. In other words, he ties 
God's kingdom's authority over the kingdom of this world to the issue of forgiveness. Mm. It's the only two places where Jesus says, for if you will forgive, God will forgive you. Mark, I can never choose not to forgive. And I've had people that don't like me. The time you and I met, I was being spoken against. You said you took the place of a preacher who was criticized for coming to my conference, so he just chose not to come, didn't show up. And you were the crippled replacement that we brought in <laughs> to hobble in and take his place. But the point is, I had so many people saying unkind things about me who didn't understand that I was catching the wind of the Spirit and I was yielded wineskin, ready to be stretched by the will and the work and the word and the power of God, they understand, and I can do nothing but love them. And it's been amazing because that love never failed. We're such good friends. People who didn't even like me, uh, they suddenly decide we're family. It's amazing what forgiveness does and the horror of unforgiveness. Forgiveness is the, is the, it doesn't do anything for the person I forgive. Forgiveness is what heals me. I've, over the years, I've used the Lord's Prayer in the 23rd Psalm in counseling and as an instrument of healing. And I'm going to tell you about a man uh, eight years ago who's an elderly man, and he had horrible nightmares since 1945. He was a demolition expert with the Marines in the South Pacific in World War II. He blew up a machine gun nest, not able to see it. He blew it up, and the enemy had tied civilians across the front of the nest as a human shield. And he said when he blew that up, he blew those people to pieces and a child's arm hit him in the face. And he said since 1945, he said, I wake up screaming. He said, my wife has nearly lost her mind. I've tried alcohol. I've tried prescription drugs. We sat for about two hours just discussing the Lord's Prayer, discussing forgiveness, forgiving those enemy soldiers, forgiving, even forgiving those civilians. And finally, I said, forgive God. He said, that's blasphemy. I said, no, it's only blasphemy if you think God needs your forgiveness. You forgive God because you need to get rid of your bitterness toward God. We prayed through it. We worked on it. We worked on it. Listen, James, not in a year, not six months, not three months, not three days. The next morning he called me and he said, the first peaceful night's sleep I've had since 1945. Wow. That's the healing power of forgiveness. And that's what I want for all of you who may be stuck somewhere. Father, you, you just by the power of your spirit and your love right now, move people to experience what Mark just talked about yes. and to be able to forgive however awful it seems to have been. Please, God. Yes. In Jesus' name, Jesus. my father raped my mother. My father left me. My father came back when I was a teenager. He tried to kill my mother. He would have, except he thought he had when she passed out. He told me he'd kill me. In self-defense, I easily could have killed him. He came to our home later. We couldn't let him in the house. I'm driving home from college, and I saw a man lying in the gutter. I got out of my car and went over and turned him over. It was my father. Mm. I took him to our little 10 by 50 trailer house, mobile home. And I couldn't let him go in the house with Betty and our daughter. Couldn't trust him, so I put a recliner outside. He slept in it. I put him in a home and began to get him food. And I went in there one day. He had paid somebody to go get him something to drink. Mm. And he was so drunk, he'd thrown up all over himself. Oh. And as a college student, not married many years, a little girl, I knelt down by that bed and pulled that alcoholic, filthy man up in my arms. And I looked at his old ragged beard, 
And I said, I don't know you, but I love you. And I want to help you, Mark. If I couldn't have forgiven him, I couldn't have loved him. One of the great hopes I have is someday I'll get to heaven and I'll see the biggest surprise of my life. That old alcoholic father said, son, look here what the grace of God did. Now, I'm telling you, don't stay stuck. Mark, you go into not only the Lord's Prayer, but you go into the psalm that was read at our daughter's funeral. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The great passage, you know, he's with me when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or any other shadow of debt or pain or loss or defeat. Mark, you break down the Word of God. You are you're as gifted as anyone I've ever known to preach and to share. And I think, Jensen, I love you. What a preacher you are. Yes. I'm so glad Mark's there with you and your beautiful church. And you're a blessing, buddy. I'm not kidding you. you are, you've got God all over you. Praise the Lord for you. But this book is absolutely fabulous. Thank you. And uh, I hope you'll go online. Uh, you can order it on the, any, many, many webs and many of the sites, or you can go to the bookstore and get it. Mark, you know that we went to the mission fields of you. You went with us. Yes. You do mission work, global servants. We've always prayed for them and a part of encouraging everything you do. You've sure done have. the same for us. It's been a great blessing. And right now, our wonderful viewers are given the opportunity to help us save children's lives. Can you comment on how effective it is when love distributes food to desperate people and they do it in the name of the greatest love story ever, Jesus. How effective is that? Yeah, it's culture changing. There, it's continent changing. There is, there's no real other access except for demonstrable acts of love that are meaningful, that are important, right where people are. And what better place than children? The wounded, the hurting, lost those who can't get clean water, they can't get decent food, they have no protection. They're walking victims waiting to be victimized. And that's the greatest act of healing love imaginable. And you know why it's really important, the way you said it too, and I've, I've tried to say this over and over, you never effectively deal with an issue, no matter how serious it is, if there's not a compassion connection. There really needs to be that expression of the love that transforms. That's why taking people's money and just distributing it, even where you see a need, and there's not a direct compassion uh, connection is counterproductive. It, it teaches a false sense of dependence, of entitlement, of expectation and animosity without the love connection. So what you're about to see is what love does when it's expressed. Would you say thanks to Mark for sharing with us the insights God's given him? And Mark, we're going to let every viewer, and they watch the program not only because they're blessed by what they hear, they watch this program to be a blessing. That really is what the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm will teach us. Yes. That when we walk that way, He does, goodness and mercy follows us, but it is also because we are sharing goodness and mercy. Go with us on a journey. I think you're going to enjoy looking back where Betty and I first saw what in so many ways changed our lives and saved the lives of millions of people and led them to Christ. Watch closely. There's no grip. Child was not breathing at all. We came in here and began to die here. And they just look like they're in a daze. And they're coming here trying to get food. God bless you, little fella. That's great. The children like this one here are so much fewer. Look at this, this is Jeremiah. James, Betty, I can see how your hearts were broken through your many years of traveling throughout Africa. 
I will say this, it doesn't take long before you see a lot of beautiful work that's been done here through our missionary partners. And I wanna say, we're not finished yet. These children are dying. They're telling us every six seconds, a child dies because of malnutrition. In Angola alone, the grim fact is malnutrition causes nearly half of children's deaths under the age of five. The sight of children struggling to live because they simply lack enough food to eat is the reason life outreach continues to go into the areas of Africa that are crying out for help. And in place of death, a bowl of food a day can literally become a miracle of life. We must do more. Please, whatever it takes, we have to reach out to little children like Joseph here. I can see it in his eyes almost, you probably can too, where he's just hoping somebody will believe in him enough to reach out and rescue his life. And the solution is really a simple bowl of food through mission feeding so these children can live. You know, that goes back 25 years ago, Betty, when we first went and saw the sorrow. And then the, I saw us there, and I'm kneeling by a little baby, and uh, they're squeegeeing air. They didn't have uh, any kind of oxygen. They're trying to get air into his little body, and the baby dies right there. And Betty, you tried to comfort the, the mother, and I want you to hear this. Because what love did right there, where well, that baby was dying in Luanda, what love did, one of the single most famous pictures in history was taken there later. And it was Lady Di, Princess Diana, holding a little baby and looked out at the world and said, we need to feed the hungry around the world. And that baby that she's holding was healthy because that baby was saved in that hospital where they were dying fast. I'm talking, we went and saw 1,200 little children buried in just one area just outside town. The miracle of love changed what Lady Di said. This is what love does, basically. We need to feed them. That little baby was fed. Fed by people like you who looked in, Betty, and saw those scenes that you and I witnessed with a broken heart. And you remember we came back. We did not know if our viewers would help. That's true. We, we knew that most church folks didn't attend prayer meetings or missions conferences. And so we said, this is missions. And we prayed, and the love of God spilled through you. And when we tell you that according to those, those African governments, that over 10 million children's lives were saved, and when the missionaries say even more than that, trusted Christ as a result of the outreaches, that's what love does. And we're asking you right now to put arms of love around 400,000 little children that are desperate. Many of them have not reached that state where those little children were so near death, but we're even taking care of the needs there. But we can get them in the feeding lines like you were seeing. As a matter of fact, our grandson that had just graduated from Baylor, there he was feeding those children. He said, it changed my life forever. You are changing for eternity the lives of the people that you share an opportunity to live with. Would you right now go to lifetoday.org or dial that number that people call for prayer because their hearts are broken? Would you dial the number or go online and say, I'm going to be an answer to prayer? And did you know that some of our friends said, because their hearts are so moved, we will match your gift for 50,000 children. Every gift you make, they'll match it. 30, 50, 100. 
we can feed three, five, or 10 children for the next months. But now 30, 50, or 100 jumps to double the three, to six, the five, to 10, and you're gonna be touching the lives of twice as many children. Would you right now, please, Lord, touch hearts, move hands to respond as you would in Jesus' name. Lifetoday.org or dial the number. If you want to make a check, make it to life. But call us and tell us what you're sending, knowing it's going to be matched by love. Thank you for doing it. In remote and impoverished areas of Angola, Africa, families are suffering. Crops have failed. There is no food. And those hit the hardest are the children. In response to this crisis, Life Outreach has received a 50,000 children challenge that, with your help, will feed and minister to 100,000 children over the next few months. With previous food reserves gone and Angola facing a severe food shortage due to crop failure, this challenge could not have come at a better time. To help replenish supplies for the feeding programs touching the lives of children across Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. The 50,000 Children Challenge means more children can be saved and your gift will have a double impact, helping to feed twice as many children. Your gift of $30 to help feed three children will now be double to help feed six children. Gifts of $50 to help feed five children will be double to help save 10. And gifts of $100 for 10 children will be double to help feed and care for 20 children. And with a gift of $1,000 or more, you can double your impact to help feed 200 children and also request the Majesty Bronze Sculpture, featuring a beautiful buck in regal stance, reflecting God's presence and majesty in all the earth. Please call the number seen here, write life, or go online today to lifetoday.org and make your life-saving double impact gift today. Betty and I have prayed before we came up here. We joyfully write checks to do what we ask you to do. If you'd like to have Mark Rutland's book, 21 Seconds to Change Your World, and these are the words of God. I tell you what, these are perhaps, other than John 3:16, the most powerful passages and the most known passages in the world. But Mark literally sheds a light on them. That is so illuminating and so inspirational. You help us feed those children, any gift you make, you want the book, we'll be so happy to send it to you. Encourage your friends to go online or go to the bookstores and get it. Mark Rutland is one of our favorite friends and one of the finest preachers I have ever known. Would you say thanks to Mark Rutland? And I wasn't kidding about that sermon, power, not power. Make my staff work. Let them dig you up a copy. I love you and thank you. Thank all of you for being here.
Tomorrow, through miscarriages, depression, her husband's brain cancer, and son's seizure, Lauren Chandler has experienced God's steadfast love. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.